12 degrees Celsius right here. I said that because my next guest is uh, listening on the line, and uh, he's in the United States, so he deals in Fahrenheit. So I thought I'd say 12 degrees Celsius, lest he think that Canada is that cold. I'm talking about uh, somebody who, you know, I don't get intimidated by uh, pedigrees very often, because I've talked to an awful lot of people, and some of them pretty important people. But you know what? Uh, Our next guest is uh, Richard Myers. He is a retired four-star general in the United States Air Force, who served as the 15th chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He was appointed to that post on October 1, 2001. That might tell you something. Three weeks after 9-11, he was in command of NORAD, which, of course, Canada is a part of, from fall 1998 to March of 2000. And um, so he's, he's done everything. Right now, what Richard Myers is doing is he's serving as president at Kansas State University. Good day, General. Hey, Peter, thank you, and thanks for the clarification around uh, Celsius. I'd, I was starting to worry about you folks up there. Well, and, and I was starting to think Kansas, the only thing Canadians know about Kansas is Dorothy, and, and you're doing an awful lot over there. We are, we're doing an awful lot, and it's, uh, we're a lot like Western Canada, basically. The prairies just keep going on up in there, and, and it's uh, much the same. Okay, so I, what I was really interested in, there are a number of stories that have you in them. Um, one of them is, is about Dennis Runke, the uh, retired Kansas farmer, and the, the N95 mask that he offered to New York in, in its darkest hour and uh, was received by uh, Governor Cuomo over there. You got involved in that. Uh, tell us a little bit about Dennis and, uh, and what your role was. So Dennis is a farmer in northeast Kansas, and he did send a mask to uh, Governor Cuomo, uh, his wife has got a lot of compromising health issues, and he's, you know, he's in the 70s as well. But And they had a couple of masks, but he sent one of them uh, to New York uh, to help. And that got uh, Governor Cuomo's attention, got our governor's attention. And um, one of the things he said in all that is, I, I regret never finishing my degree at Kansas State University. He had to uh, lay off his last semester of school because his father passed away with a heart attack. He had to go back to the farm. And so he, he thought he lacked a couple of hours and the, the governor, our governor, uh, Lauren Kelly, uh, called me and said, you know, we ought to give him a degree. So we checked here with our College of Agriculture, and they said, in fact, he'd earned his degree. Uh, we're not going to have to give him anything. He's earned this. So we had a little ceremony in the state house in Topeka uh, with, um, with um, Dennis and his wife and, and presented him with a diploma. We did that with masks and, and social distancing and all that sort of thing. But you could tell it was meaningful for um, – both the wife and, and him and, and their family that were there. It was great, well, we it was got, great occasion. Yeah, we got that story uh, up here as well because it was one of those, uh, there were so many stories that were touching, you know, the one act, one small act by one person on his own somewhere. And this was the guy who, uh, who made the news that night. And uh, it touched Governor Cuomo and therefore, I guess, touched everybody who heard about the story. So it's great that he uh, got his just desserts. It sounds like he deserved the degree. Is it honorary or is it, a real, is it his real degree? It's a real degree. We checked with the College of Agriculture. He said, look at this and, and, and tell us if he's met the requirements. And they said, oh, he's met him." And then we, uh, we actually uh, printed up a diploma. We got it all faster than I thought we could ever do anything. And uh, within four days of the governor here in Kansas calling, we had it in his hands. And I just say, you know, that's one example. But, it, you, know, you know, there's tens of thousands of examples of um, good people doing good things during this pandemic. And it's just, it's, it's heartwarming in, in many respects. 
Oh, we've got to. Now, over the weekend, this is, I'm, I'm jumping to another subject. Over the weekend, I noticed you uh, addressed a group of graduates uh, at the A.Q. Miller School of Journalism uh, and Mass Communications, and uh, this was virtual because that's the way commencements have to be these days. Uh, it's kind of sad to, to work. It could be two, three, four, sometimes more years to get uh, that particular end to your education and uh, the entrance to your, your new life trying to accomplish, especially in a world as it is today. What did you have to say to those kids? Well, uh, one is that they survived the pandemic, and, and they'll go down in history as a class that didn't let the pandemic uh, keep them from um, uh, achieving their dreams of getting the degree. It is, it is sad, though, because uh, not only the students, but their families and friends, they want a chance to celebrate, to recognize these accomplishments. And, you know, about a third of our, our students here are first-generation students, so it's the first ones in their, in their, first ones in their families to go on to, to, to get a degree. So these are really meaningful celebrations, and, and that was stolen from them. What we've done is said uh, in our December graduation, Please, if you can, come back and walk across the stage and be properly recognized. So we're hoping that many of them will do that. We had 3,300 graduates this uh, this past weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot, but uh, you don't sound like a guy who's easily put on the spot. You've been a leader for pretty well all of your life, and uh, our listeners have heard uh, your accomplishments. If you can do all of the things that you've done and are still doing, and you can uh, say that to a graduating class, we were talking earlier on our show, and I know you didn't have a chance to hear it uh, about uh, the the fact that uh, being in virtual quarantine or cut off from the people you love, whether it be family or friends, can do a great a deal of, of um, mental trickery on you, not to say damage. What message would you give people generally about um, soldiering on uh, and getting to the other side? Well, I think all of us in life have touchstones that we've counted on in good times and bad to, to keep us centered and mentally healthy and spiritually healthy. And, and what I'd say is try to keep as many of those touchstones and those pathways alive as you can. Try to stay connected. And it's not it's it's easier today with all the information technology we have, and so forth. But it you have to you have to be intentional about it. And uh, for our students here, uh, we made sure they had access to um, our our mental health counselors and so forth. And we figured out how to do some of that uh, virtually. Uh, every state has different requirements. We worked with different states because we have we have students here from all 50 states and, and from Canada for that matter. And the rules are different uh, in terms of preventing, uh, providing mental counseling, but we mental health counseling. But we made we we try to check that out the best we could. So I think that's a part of it. Um, and and just you know, it it just be kind, be kind to everybody. And you can do that virtually. You can do that uh, from afar, a wave or a, a smile from afar, and that sort of thing. To 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 just develop the resilience to work our way through this. We know people are hurting. We, we it's clear. It's not just a health issue, right? It's an economic issue as well. So we've we've tried to do our best here too to provide uh, funds for those that are uh, been furloughed or or, or uh, can't lost their jobs or whatever that we can help them through this crisis. So we're we're trying to fill in all the gaps so these touchstones can can stay alive. But people have to we all have to be intentional about that. If we just sit and sulk, it's um, that, that could be a downward spiral. I hear what you're saying. The reason we asked you to be on the program is we thought that it was uh, appropriate because you would bring an inspirational message or two, and you certainly have told us a few stories that uh, that inspired. Thanks so much. 
Oh, listen, it's, just, it's a privilege, um, and it's a privilege to serve here as the president. This is, you know, I'm 78 years old. This is not what I envisioned doing when I was 78. But I got to oh. tell you, I love, I love higher education. I love being around young people and faculty. This is my alma mater. If I weren't, I probably wouldn't do it. Um, but it's, I get up every day inspired by these young people and what they're doing. And they're, you know, all our graduates. Uh, sometimes, or some of them, when they left, they they lost internships. They lost job opportunities because certain companies are scaling back right now and being cautious. But they left with a lot, a great deal of optimism, and they should, because we'll get past this. We're, we'll get to the other side, and uh, I'm not sure when. And uh, but it, it'll be it'll be back to a good world, maybe even a better world as we as we move forward. Let's all work towards that. Thanks so much, Richard Myers. Hey, thanks, Peter. Thanks for the time. All right, Richard Myers is Kansas State University president, and I'm going to say it again: a former. Uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff way back in the uh, Bush two years. I am Peter Sherman. You're with Global News Radio 640 Toronto.